Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Welcome to This Week's Hang. This week, I had the pleasure of finally sitting down with my show buddy, Jared Grimes. I am blown away by the hour I got to spend with him. And it's it's amazing because we, we are on a show every night. But just to sit and hang with him and get his thoughts on things, it was very uh, insightful. He's a prolific artist. And I think you're going to evolve after having spent this hour as much as I have with Jared. I hope you enjoy. Jared, welcome to the hang, brother. Oh, oh, oh in it. How in are it, you, man? In it. Thanks Jelly, for doing man. this. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, we were already starting talking off camera about we're both a year pretty much into this run now, and we were just talking about vacation because um, at the timing of this <laughs> filming, I'm. I got on a vacation. terrible foot <laughs> problem happening, so that means I'll be out for a week now because of my concerts in Arizona and Fort Lauderdale. Oh, nice, nice. A little concerned about flying out now. I'm like, this better like it won't flare like flare up on the. <laughs> well, I'm just hoping. I'm hoping this like in the next 24 hours, I'd be like, oh, okay, it's alleviated. But it's the last 24 hours. I thought the same, and it's gotten worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got it in. You got it in injected, right? Yeah. Yesterday. Do you know with with, with what it was? Uh... Plasma, my own blood. Oh, so they take your blood out. Separate your plasma and then put the plasma back in. That is crazy. And she gave me extra. Are you like alive and like looking at that as that's happening or? I ain't looking at it. <laughs> I ain't looking at it. I was just, I'm going to stare over here. <laughs> so we were saying how, you know, we've got some miles on us, which we absolutely do. And you were saying you've not taken your vacation. I have not taken it. I'm not really like, I don't, I'm not a travel bug or anything like that. Oh, really? So like most likely if I took a vacation, it'd either be for work or just to just sit around and watch basketball for <laughs> really a week so, so you don't like, get like the urge to like i want to go somewhere warm somewhere cold somewhere nah i just i've been a homebody ever since i was a little kid man I'm, really? I'm an only child too so it might have something to do with that like you know when you're I feel like when you're an only child you kind of create your own your own fantasies your own imagination your own escapes your own getaway in your head mm-hmm. so um you know for some reason i just never been like oh man let's go to Tijuana, or let me let me go here, or let me go there. Like for work, I've been everywhere for that stuff, and I'm usually the person that stays in the hotel. <laughs> really, <laughs> the whole time I'll get there, gig hotel, gig hotel. Because you're not hotel. the type to go out. You're not you don't you're not into clubs and bars. I and... love museums though. So it all it depends on like who you're with too. So yeah. most of the time that I've been on the road, it's been with you know older jazz musicians who you know. They ain't got time for, you know, the craziness or whatever like yeah. that. So um, it's different if I'm out there with the homies and everything like that. But most of my life being on the road and touring and doing gigs around the world have been with, you know, guys that I've looked up to and, you know, read about in books before I started, you know, performing with them. So, what is it uh, about museums? Ah, man, I, I'm a big history bug. I love history. I love culture. Um, uh you love culture, but you're not going to travel to it. I <laughs> know. <laughs> it's funny. I love studying about it. Yeah, yeah. I love researching it. I love watching documentaries on right. it. But, um, you know, it's one of those things. I think I'm just lazy when it comes to traveling. Like, if I could teleport and be right there, right. like, you know what I mean? It'd, it'd be one thing. But just the journey to get there, I think, is kind of was daunting for me. But um, history, you know, before entertainment and everything like that, I was dead set on being like an anthropologist. Where or, you, you know, I love dinosaurs, so a paleontologist or, you know, archaeologist, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was just big into, you know, the world that existed before, <laughs> yeah. you know, we were, you know, ever around and stuff like that. And, um, you know, hit, that's why history is one of my biggest, 
um, one of my biggest um, passions. So, you know, museums are like the closest thing you can get to that when you do travel. So if I did go somewhere, you know, it might not be a club, and I'm just like, where's the closest museum? Nice. And I go there by myself, and I'm that person at the museum that will read everything. Good. Well, that's what it's there for. I don't scan it. I don't look at the pictures. I don't just, you know, gloss over everything. Like, I'll read everything. Um, That's inspiring. Be in the museum for like four hours. (laughs) So for a newbie like me, I say newbie, but I've not experienced New York properly because we're here for work. And like yourself, like, once you're in an eight-show run, Uh, and sometimes by like three-quarters of the show, I'm like, I'm already thinking of my pillow. Yeah. Yeah. TV. Yeah. (laughs) Relaxing. What, I don't know, give me, what's the first museum I should check out here? Oh, definitely the Met. The Met. Definitely the Met, yeah. Then Natural you know, History Museum. So if I go like to the, the Met, I've walked by there, and I see the queues to get in. Oh, man. Is there VIP passes we can buy? Like, I'm you, not expecting VIP treatment. I just don't want to line up. <laughs> there's there's got to be, like, an, an artist pass or something like that, an entertainment pass. There's, there's got to be. Um, I don't, there's like I said. for people to perform there, too. So if they know that you're an artist or perform, I'm pretty sure that there's a... They actually did ask me to perform there once. Yeah, I'm saying. (laughs) But like, I don't want like, you know, red carpet, none of that stuff. (laughs) And not that I deserve it. I will pay my way. I just don't want to line up. I don't want to wait around. You might go early in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, Early in the morning might be your best You know, like the fast pass at Disneyland? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I want something like that. I don't even know, because like usually when you go early in the morning, that's when all the elementary school like all the schools are there too so it might be like a lose-lose situation and if you go on like vacation <laughs> I'll go an like hour usually, before it shuts yeah, here we go might, quick <laughs> yeah, exactly so it's like gotta be the day where like nobody you know nobody wants to like actually go to the museum which I what's, have no uh, what's what that one that maybe most people don't think about um, I, Guggenheim do you know what I was going to say to Google? I think mean, because I like when I first got to New York, I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Um, and I like literally it's a great was, building too. And everybody's like, "Yo!" When I got here, they were like, "Guggenheim." I was like, "Oh, I've never heard of that." And I went there, and I was just like, like you said, it's a great building, great atmosphere. Uh, one of those places that you walk into when you feel like you're artistically gaining something, yeah. and then when you leave, you feel like you know, you feel like you've evolved in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, I think the Guggenheim for me would be that kind of dark horse museum, even though everybody loves it. But you it's feel like, that for some reason you don't hear about it as much. Yeah, I, I like that. You feel like you've evolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm big on I'm big on that, man. I'm big on um. What a great way to look at like things, that. like even like things you watch on TV or what you your intake on social media or whatever, whatever you let your eyes and give your time to. Does it evolve you? Yeah, that's. Man, that's, that's, that's a, how you, you really get gain something from time spent on anything, I feel like. Um, so I try to, you know, even with people and stuff like that, I try to make sure I, I stick around people who, you know, are constantly teaching me things or constantly showing me things that, you know, I didn't know. Um, even if they don't know they're doing it in the moment, it's just, mm. you know, if you can always gain knowledge from those around you or just the things around you, I feel like, you know, you're better off, you know, moving forward in that way as opposed to moving backwards in your right. own <laughs> solitude. <laughs> yeah. So. It's always about moving forward. Yeah, man. That's and I always always it's not cliche anymore, but I always tell people that, like the story because I told you I was like big on animals and stuff like that before I got into um, the arts and stuff like that. And um the one thing that I used to love about sharks is that sh- in order for a shark to breathe, you know, oxygen pump oxygen through its gills, it had to be moving forward. So sharks even when they sleep, they're always maintaining a forward, you know, motion through the water. If they're standing still, they're not pumping oxygen through their, their gills. Or if they're going backwards, you know, you know what that is. They're not yeah. breathing, period. Right. So the shark is always advancing. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm you've always just, just given like, me a slight bit of, like, respect for sharks. Because up until now, I'm like, why do we need them? They're scary. They're, you know, they're gorgeous to look at. But, oh, oh man, my God. No, they, they represent, for me, they represent something that, like, is... I love that. I live by. It's just, and I always say, steady moving like a shark. I always yeah. tell people that. I'm like, steady moving like a shark. People are like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> you know how a shark breathes. And they're just like, okay, I would have never pinned you for somebody that's interested in, you know, So young Jared who's into like animals, that. into, paleo, um, you know, dinosaurs and all that. Yeah. Paleontology, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where does the shift to arts come? Where does the shift to become not just a tapper or a hoofer, a virtuoso? Man? Oh, man. Because you're not, when people are like, oh, my God, that guy's a great tapper or a great hoofer, I'm like, no, no. He's a virtuoso. <laughs> this, is, so is, this is not normal, what he's doing. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know what's funny is um, I didn't know. Well, you know, my mom, my mom was a dancer um, when I was uh, younger. North and so Carolina, I always right? wanted to be like her. Yeah, I grew up in, um, I was born in Jamaica, Queens, but I grew up in um, North Carolina. I moved to North Carolina when I was six. But, right. I, you know, my mom was like, you know, she was damn near Janet Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like she was, wow. she, she's still a dancer to this day, too. Um, so I knew I, you know, the arts were going to be a big part of my life. Um, but, uh, I think around high school, man, I started looking in those career books 
and they, they would tell you how much you know a certain profession made mm-hmm. you know financially like in a year and stuff like that and i was looking at some of the things and i was like man archaeologist does not make a lot of money at all <laughs> it's like that is truly like a passion it's like in the the extent of what you would do as an archaeologist is not what you see in the movies like indiana jones yeah. or something like that usually they're teachers and you know to get to the point of getting you know funding to go out and excavate and do all the crazy things that you see on like national geographic or discovery channel like that's that's like one of every 100 archaeologists that can actually kind of raise the funding for that and i was like wow i thought it was way easier than i thought it was just a matter of getting a bunch of people that were passionate about the same thing and going out to you know yeah, there's you know, dinosaurs everywhere to yeah, be found. Yeah, like huh? going out and digging up bones and selling them to museums and, you know, all that crazy stuff. So it wasn't that easy. Um, so when I kind of saw that it wasn't that easy, I kind of made a shift. I was like, all right, well. I want the security yeah. of being a, a yeah. performer. <laughs> yeah, which when you looked in the career book too, under that, yeah. <laughs> that made even like less money was like the average like entertainer. And, um, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm super competitive too, man. Um, so when I saw that, you know, being an entertainer literally was at the bottom of the list. Like, you know, if you worked in sanitation, you were making more than, you know, what would be perceived as a an actor yeah, yeah. or a dancer or a performer. And so I was just like, all right, cool. You know, the statistic in this career book says that, you know, literally one out of every, you know, 5,000, 1,000, whatever like that, something crazy like that is successful at being an entertainer or being an artist. And I remember in that moment looking at that book and I was just like, I, was like, I wonder if I could be that one. Huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, you know, even... That's just my mentality. I've always been like the short kid in my class. Um, you know, I got cut from the basketball team twice in middle school, and that was like devastating because I practiced so hard. First year, I'll give it to you. Second year, I was like one of the best people in the gym, but that was like one of my first experiences with, um, you know, not getting a callback or getting cut from something that you actually deserved. Right. And so that's when I was like, oh, wow, it actually doesn't matter how talented you are sometimes or how hard you work. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just right time, right place. Did they say why they cut you the second year? Um, The second year they said they they brought all the guys back and the two or three new guys that they did bring in were, you know, 6'2", 6'3", at the time in middle school, which not that many people were. Um, Yeah, but if you're sinking the hoops. Oh, man, I was, I was... I, but I was like in middle school, I was probably like five, six, you know, five, five. So I was definitely, you know, the guard position was already filled. Um, but when I got to high school, my freshman year, you know, I worked even harder and I made varsity wow. <laughs> my freshman year. So I was just like, all right, Good well, you. you know, hard work and not giving up does kind of pay off. So, you know, I'm looking in the career books in high school, too. And I'm like, all right, can I be one of, you know, can I be that guy to get turned down two times and be embarrassed in front of your family with, you know, coming home with your family thinking you were probably going to make it? Because, you know, you were a big deal in basketball at that time in town and you still didn't make it. So I was like, all right, well, I didn't give up and I made varsity when I got to, you know, my freshman year of high school, which is unheard of, you know, in my town because everybody on varsity is almost seven foot and they're like literally going to these D1 schools and everything like that uh, uh, after their, you know, high school collegiate um, basketball career. So it's just like, or high school basketball career and going into the collegiate basketball space. So I was just like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I pulled that off as a freshman, you know what I mean? I feel like I, you know, I got this dance thing down packed to a to a certain level. So it's like, you know, you know, could I put off pull off the entertainment aspect? Can I pull off the acting aspect? I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. So, you know, my mom sat me down, my dad sat me down, they were like, all right, cool, we're going to school for basketball, or are we moving to New York or LA for, you know, entertainment. And I was like, all right. I was like, you know, I was five six, you know, five five in middle school and I grew only two inches in high school, (laughs) (laughs) and my friends kept growing, so I was just like, all right, well, not that, you know, I I wouldn't say I would be one of, you know, few to make it, you know, in college basketball or in the pros is, you know, maybe an undersized, you know, uh, hooper, but um, I was like, I'm going to try this, you know, this entertainment thing because, you know, you don't see a lot of people um, go that route, especially young African-American men, um, especially growing up in North Carolina, you grow up and you're about football, basketball, or baseball. Right. And so I kind of swung in that direction for so long, even though I had dance and acting and theater. And So at this point, how old are you? Um, 17, maybe. And at this point, are you 16? doing like Saturday dance classes? Or yeah, tap? man, I'm, I'm every weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm driving an hour and a half to train with, yeah. um, you know, the North Carolina Youth Tap Ensemble, uh, Gene Medler, which is, uh, you know, my mentor over there, taking dance classes locally, um, auditioning at this place called Finn Cannon Studios, where, you know, I was doing Coca-Cola commercials and it is, they had this drink in the 
Southeast called Cheerwine. So I was doing Cheerwine commercials. Really? Oh, I was doing Seven Up commercials. I was like, you know, auditioning for Dawson's Creek. You were I was doing like national campaigns? Yeah, man. So yeah, you're man. making bank? Yeah, you know, for what that was, you know, in the early 2000s, late 90s. Oh, mate. Um, and so I was, you know, I was, you know, I was planning a career and being able to do that. And if I wanted to play basketball, I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'll, you know, I'll be prepared for that too. So, you know, entertainment, I've been doing that since I was a little kid though. Like I said, I was there by my mom's side. So, you know, theater and community theater and stuff like that. Um, that was just a norm for yeah, you. Yeah, that was a norm. Basketball was kind of like this right. rogue thing that, you know, my parents had intended on me being obsessed with. So, um, you know, they're like, all right, maybe it's a phase, but then I got really good at it. So they're like, okay, well, you know, if he's serious about it, then we're gonna have to make a decision. You know, you going to school for that, whatever. So I was just like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna go to New York. I was like, I don't even want to go to college. And they were like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they were like, maybe, maybe not that. And, you know, they gave me the, the talk about how, you know, very few people in our family, you know, actually, you know, got the opportunity to go to college um, for financial reasons. So, you know, if I had an opportunity, I got some type of scholarship, um, you know, I should take it up. And Marymount Manhattan College on the, you know, the east side is kind of who gave me a shot. And um, I was really interested in going to a college where, uh, the dean and the teachers would allow me to miss to work. Um, you know what I mean? So my dean over there was like, hey, look, I'll talk to all your teachers every semester. You hand in the work, if you do the work early, then, you know, if Debbie Allen calls or, you know, Wynton Marsalis calls or, you know, if you get a TV show or a Broadway show or a regional theater, then you can you can leave and I can talk to them about, you know, right. attendance and making sure they don't penalize you for that. Right. Um, so, I mean, I went to visits with like NYU, St. John's, Adelphi University, Hofstra University, Columbia and all that crazy stuff. And all of them were like, you can't miss class or you're failing, <laughs> wow. period. They're like, no auditions. And Marymount was like the only school that was like, yo, you can miss whatever you want. Like, <laughs> miss whatever you want. And what was that to study? Um, communication arts. Right. So I didn't go to school for dance or acting or anything like that because I figured I already had, you know, my thumb on that yeah. in the outside world. So I was like, uh, once again, kind of thinking like that shark mentality. I was like, let me get something else, you know, in school because I feel like I, you know, I have this taken care of on the outside world. So yeah, I got a, a degree in communication arts and um, actually helped a lot. You know, it helps me, you know, it helped a lot with meetings and negotiations yeah. and, you know. I was already a people person, um, but it kind of taught me the the craft and the beauty of conversation, um, whether it's you know socially or uh, from a business standpoint, um, or from a negotiating standpoint, or from creating you know projects and working with writers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, so I was I was really glad that you know I got that communication arts degree. Nobody cares about it, but <laughs> nobody cares. And my dean, when I walked across and got my diploma, he was like, man, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> they I missed a lot of school. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Yeah, but people who <laughs> will listen and tune into this will care because, you know, I've always been on the fence, like, when you try and give advice. And I remember growing up, the advice given to me is, like, I remember thinking I should get a fallback plan. And my, the guy I looked up to said, why do you need to get a fallback plan? You just fall back. Jump in the pool and go full out. <laughs> yeah. But then you kind of went full up, but with both yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I pulled it which off. Which is yeah. even more inspiring because I'm like, wow, you did have a, f you, well, in a weird way, you had a fallback plan, but this plan you were doing actually helped you, as you say, yeah. evolve as an artist. Yeah, man. And the business side of things, which is something we do. I don't think people get taught that, but it's important because really we are is. our own shop front. This is, this is the store. It really is. So it's not just going we're and performing. <laughs> yeah. And we <laughs> want to make sure we're taken care of and we're taking care of, our, we're the CEO of this. Yeah. I'm still learning how to do that, but you yeah. got the skills from a young age. Yeah. Well, every day, every day is a, um, is a learning experience um, in terms of how to um, expand your gift or what you're capable of. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, that was just another, you know. I was just dotting my eyes and crossing my T's with that one. It's like, all right, let me get that degree. Let me do that. All right, let me move on. Okay, let me try to get to, you know, regional theater. Let me try to get to producing. Let me try to get to directing. Let me try to get to Broadway. Let me try to get to TV. Let me try to get to film. Um, and, you know, these these were all the things that my idols did. You know, Sam Davis Jr. and Gregory Hines, um, the Nicholas Brothers, all these guys that I watched on tapes and in movies growing up. 
you know, they did the same thing. So all these moves that I was making, in my mind, it was my version of what they did in vaudeville to get to Hollywood or what they did to still be talked about today in interviews like this. You know what I'm saying? In podcasts Wasn't that like amazing this, so. when, again, talking about like kids who might ask you questions or ask me questions, the path is there. Yeah. You just choose who who you want and yeah. then almost do what they did. And then you end up finding your own identity mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, it's funny too, because when I was in high school, I didn't really think about it like that, but it was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I was like, oh, when you look back at the journey, you're like, man, I followed the same blueprint that I thought in my mind, yeah. my idol over here followed, um, or what I read about them or what I saw that they um, endured in a documentary. I was like, I, I made that the blueprint in some way, shape or form. And, you know, that's a culmination of many great, you know, tap dancers, black tap dancers um, in Hollywood that paved the way for me. That's a piece of Bill Robinson, a piece of John Bubbles, a piece of the Nicholas Brothers, a piece of Sandman Sim, Mm -hmm. Sam Davis Jr., you know, Gregory Hines, like a little piece of them is kind of like what made my journey, you know, my journey. Um, and then I started adding my own little thing to it, like basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't think any of them play basketball. I was like, I get to say, you know what I mean? I, you know, I play basketball, you know. Did you ever get to work with level. any of your icons? Um, yeah, well, you know, not professionally. Um, one of the coolest things that I ever got to do was, you know, I actually rocked with Gregory Hines, you know, a few times before he passed away. So, and that was just like impromptu type of thing too. It was like, he had a class that I drove up from North Carolina for. It was like a hundred kids in it. I was in the back, you know, I was feeling myself. I was yeah, like, yeah. he's like, I don't need to be in the front. You know what I mean? I know how to do this, this tap dance yeah. thing. Um, and he picked me out of a sea of people and had me come up on stage and do the combo that he just taught. And, you know, you know, I went at it, you know what I mean? I was like, I want to be humble, but I want him to know yeah. that I do this. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then he ended up kind of doing it with me as a duet. And like, everybody was like, ah. And I was like, man, I can't believe I just, wow. I just performed with Gregory Hines. And that was the first time I met him too. Never saw him before in my entire life. Um, and then another opportunity was um, as a showcase. <clears throat> and um, I was performing, my eyes were closed, I was in the zone. And I hear these, you know, these these taps, you know, behind me. So I think it's one of the homies that's just like kind of co-signing, you know, you know, this melody that I'm kind of rocking in the moment. But I look up and it's it's him. He had come out the crowd, put his tap shoes on. He remembered me from that class. Get out of here! And he just started kind of impromptu. Where was security? Me. Oh my! How did he get past gosh, security? I was like, what's going on? And we just like we had a great performance that nobody had prepared. So he for, was there so. just watching. Yeah, I had no idea he was there. Had he no doesn't happen to have his tap shoes with him? Man, he did. He was on the way to another performance or something like that, too. So, because, you know, at that point, I know, right? That's how tap dancers do. We, <laughs> we're always loaded. We're always loaded. <laughs> He's like, zoop, zoop. <laughs> but um, I think he was on the way to a, another performance. Um, so what he would do, you know, if he was like an announcer at a show or something like that, they would tell him to bring by his tap shoes. Right. Um, and, you know... That's a big thing. Like tap dancers just always have their shoes on them. You know what I mean? Because you never know when you're going to need them. Wow. <laughs> it's like you got to lay some so up. You had so. no idea he was even there? I had no idea. People were like, he might come. But usually when somebody says, like, somebody of that stature might come, you don't believe it. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to rock. I don't care if he's here or not. I don't care who comes. I was like, I'm, I'm in this moment. I'm dropping bars right now. I'm, you know, I'm trying to be the... Oh, I'm trying to be the best tap dancer in the world. And what was the show? What was this? Um, It was just a showcase. And it was at Broadway Dance Center, the old Broadway Dance Center. And they used to do these showcases um, like late at night. Um, And, uh, you know, sometimes the showcase would be all tap dance. Sometimes it would be hip hop. Sometimes it would be ballet or contemporary. Um, It could be anything, musical theater. On this particular night, it was like a, a tap session with like New York's brightest and most fearsome up and coming tap dancers, yeah. you know, kind of joined the, the, the showcase. And, um, you know, he just, he popped in real quick before he was headed to another function and he got on stage and rocked. And I was like, oh, snap, this is the second time I just performed with Gregory Hines, you know what I mean? And he just, out of everybody that was dancing that night, he chose to put on the shoes and get up there and rock with me. Man. So I was just like, that was just, to me, that was kind of confirmation that like, you know, I, I at least, and you, do know, you had, stop had and to follow, hand yeah. it over? Do you guys just continue together? Oh, no, no, it's, we, like a, it's like a, it's like it's a jam session yeah, at this point, it's right? It's a jam session, man. It's a jam session. It's like two piano players. How long did it go two on for? Two trumpet players. Um, in my mind, it like it felt like it was a lifetime. 
But I think it probably only lasted like maybe four minutes, three minutes, which is still Quite pretty, a bit, you know, man. Pretty, pretty good time. You know what I'm saying? So. And this is where my ignorance comes in. Is there <laughs> a beat going or is there a piano playing? Yeah, I think we had, it was like a couple musicians there, but so it was like, jamming. It's like, a, like a jazz, you know, rhythm section type of thing. But it was like very stripped. So it might've been like a bucket drummer. It might've been like, you know, yeah. somebody on the bongos. Like it wasn't anything super And they see this happening to just go along with it and feel it along, out. Just holding the beat down. Hold us down. Hold the beat down. And then we were just rocking. I was just like. You know, in my mind, too, I'm just like, you know, I'm competitive, too. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, Greg, but I'm still going to take yeah. you there. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm humble and I'm appreciative of the moment, but also want to try some of the yeah, things. But he wants that, that, that too. And I want to show him some of the things that I've been working on and stuff like that, too. So it was just, um, He wants know. to be inspired. But yeah, it was just a cool moment. He was just there on the humble. He was just like, man, this is a good kid. I remember him, you know. Wow. And uh, the, the third time I, I saw him was backstage at, a, at an event. And, um, you know, so many people, I, I didn't think he would remember me from that moment or the first moment in his class. And my friend was like, he was like, yo, he's like, yo, take a picture of me and Greg. And I was like, all right, cool. He's like, you want to get a picture? I was like, no, nah. I was like, you know, I'm chill. I have my, I have my moments with him. I feel yeah. like, you know, yeah. you know, even though he might not remember me, you know, I feel like we got a thing. And this is when I'm a freshman in college. Um, and I took the picture and he like brought me in and gave me a big hug. He's like, so how you doing? I was like, inside oh, it's like he wow. remembers me he remembers me but i didn't i played it cool like i was like oh you know i'm doing good you know what i'm saying like that and um then he passed away a couple months after that which is kind of wild man oh, was that soon enough? it was wild man it was wild it was it was it was the oddest thing like when he passed away it was it kind of felt like when michael jackson passed away from me you know what i mean it was like that strange like denial like i was like no you know no and it still took a long time for you know you know Michael Jackson's music lives on so prevalently in our in our world today. It's hard to even believe that he's still not here. And it's kind of like the way I feel about Gregory Hines. It's like, you know, his his imprint on who you know I am as a performer and what he means to you know being an all around you know virtuoso um, performer um, in Hollywood and you know made it from vaudeville to Hollywood like a lot of those guys that I said and talked about were my idols that came before yeah. him. You know, I was just like, I've been studying that for so long. And he was the closest link for me to that. And then when he passed, I was just like, I was like, all right, this, this really means I got to, you know, I got to pull my weight and see if I can do something different with it. Um, and so, yeah, little moments like those. those. What do you mean pull your weight, do something different? Well, you know, you know, I like to, it's that whole evolution thing that I talked about, which is like, you know, you know, when you see somebody that you respect or that you idolize, you know, you, you absorb what you can from them and you take it in your own direction. Um, and, you know, I thought he was going to be around a lot longer for me to keep absorbing, mm. you know, that from, you know, what I mean, I, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to do movies with him, you know, or I'm going to do Broadway shows with him or I'm going to write scripts with him. Like, I thought he would be around long enough for me to be able to collaborate with him in that way, especially since it was so effortless, you know, in a class setting yeah. <laughs> and um, and then in a showcase setting, you know what I mean? And we were comfortable, you know, in terms of using our instruments um, in that way. Um, with one another. So I was just like, oh man, I was like, if I can get, you know, my name and if I can get my status to a level where I can start doing, you know, projects with him, that'd be, you know, I think that that's something that I could do. And then in my own way, you know what I mean? So it'd be like introducing the changing of the guard or a new fresh kind of take yeah. on what that type of all around performer, you know, is in the 2000s, late 2000s until this day. Um, but I didn't get that. And I was just like, Ah, so I was like, I gotta pull my weight. I gotta, I gotta do it on my own. You know what I mean? I gotta try to, you know, carve this path um, in a way that I feel like he would be proud if he were here today. And um, when I really started to do that, there weren't many tap dancers or performers that were doing that. You know, it was just about tap dancing. Yeah. And that was like the sole focus was how, how you can reach the highest levels of the craft in just tap dancing. Even if you did other things, you were super hyper focused on just tap dancing and, and you know how to become, you know, just the highest level of you within that craft. And um, I started out like that, and then I would say around the time that you know he passed, that's when I was like, all right, cool, I got to really start to focus on some of the other things, just as much as he did, just as much as my idols did. You know, I got to focus on the singing, I got to focus on the acting, I got to study, I got to, you know, I got to strap on that multifaceted brain um, as opposed to just that tap dancer brain. And so I just really started to study, started to take classes, started to study, you know, people, you know, in shows, study people in movies. Like I really became a sponge for all the things in entertainment outside of tap dance. Right. And what I found is that all that energy gave me creativity within tap dance. 
to as well. And I didn't intend on that happening. So the more that I um, absorbed other art forms and other disciplines, the more creative I got. Because in some weird way, my instrument was tuning itself um, based on, you know, my conversation with Wynton Marsalis about um, color and notes from a trumpet or my or me getting yelled at by my auntie Debbie Allen <laughs> about, you know, not understanding or not doing the homework on the scene um, mm-hmm. um, or, uh, you know, a conversation with Kenny Leon about, you know, uh, August Wilson and how he was an August Wilson protege. Um, you know, or, you know, my conversations with, you know, Blair Underwood about his career and um, or Jerry, you know, Jerry O'Connell about, you know, comedy and stuff like that. Or David, David Allen Greer about comedy, like all these guys who have kind of been my supporters who have done amazing things and have had amazing careers. You know, I really started to like, oh, man, let me get as much from that person. They weren't tap dancers at all. The furthest thing from tap dancers. I'm not, well, Debbie Allen, she could do anything. But, but I'm, you know, there's some of those other guys that I mentioned, you know, they're the furthest thing from tap dancers, yet they were helping me become a better tap dancer and a better artist at the same time. And I was like, all right, so maybe this is kind of like, you know, maybe this is kind of like my thing. You know, maybe I'm kind of like that superhero that absorbs all these yeah. other, other things. He has this one superpower, but he absorbs all these other things and he can do all these other things at a high level and save the world with all these other things. But he's passionate about saving the world with that one thing. Right, <laughs> right, right. But you never know what you're going to get. You never know how he's going to save you or how he's going to impact you. Um, and so that's why I was like, I was like, oh, so that maybe that's me. There I am. You know what I mean? So Greg was this. Sammy was this. You know, all those other guys were that. And I was like, Maybe I'm this, you know, and so, you know, once he passed, I really just started to, you know, carve my lane in that direction. And man, all the way up until Funny Girl, man. <laughs> See, it's amazing. It's amazing hearing you talk like that to even refer to yourself along the lines of a superhero, because it, it is a superpower to have when you think of it along those lines. And it's not from an egotical, e- egotistical standpoint, it's an artistic standpoint. It's knowing that you're imparting stuff when you're up there. Yeah. So what can you do to help people evolve? Helping people evolve, helping people run the same type of race that you run for yourself because it makes you happy and it's helped you achieve, you know, some of your dreams and your goals. And to me, that was another big shift. Um, uh, when, I, well, <laughs> when I got to New York and I didn't have any money <laughs> and I couldn't afford, you know, books for, for college, I started dancing in the subways and stuff like that, man, because I was just like, you know, well, first the subway thing, even before I got up here, when I was coming back and forth to visit a lot of my friends, um, we would go down in the subway, the late 90s, you know what I mean? And we would just rock, take a board down there, my bucket drummers, and we would just rock in the subway. Um, and we for were tips? Like, People just throw? Tips or just literally for us, it was just for, you know, craft, you know what I mean? I was like, all right, well, if I can, if I can rock for eight hours in the subway, then I know I can do a two-hour show straight. I know I can dance for two hours straight. How you know do you not have the same toe problems as I do? <laughs> Man, I got bird legs, man. These things are... When I go to the gym, I've never done legs before. <laughs> yeah, but you're tall. How do you keep... Listen, I'm hobbling here after my injection. Yeah. How have you kept your... Because as you say, it's a hard stage we're on now. Yeah, yeah I've been, I only I've been have on one worse, number. too. I've been on worse. You're stomping holes in that stage every night. <laughs> how do you maintain your feet? I really... You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's the cross-training, like, my entire life. Like, it's always... Like, mm. I used to go to dance rehearsal theater practice after basketball practice right or you know vice versa like that it's always sport has always been a a big part of my my craft and i think over the years the cross training of you know trying to dunk or you know being banged around and hitting the floor because somebody that's six foot eight is you know bodying you up and stuff like that like that kind of cross training for me is why i've never i've never had a, like a leg injury or an ankle injury the only time I've had, I've had, wood, man. I've had two ankle injuries and it's because playing basketball, somebody came down on my ankle. So it wasn't by me spraining my ankle because, you know, with tap dance, which is why I tell a lot of athletes they should take tap class, is that it makes your ankles super strong and super flexible at the same time. Wow, of course. So it makes them bendy and strong, which is that's the best thing that you could have for your ankles. So where I might come down and like roll over on my ankle, you know, but it's strong. It's conditioned. I, that, it's... that feels like nothing to me. To where if an athlete like LeBron James does that, he's out for three weeks, yeah. out for four weeks, maybe even more. Maybe it's a you know, it's it's months right. that he, that he's out. For me, it's just like all right, yeah, yeah, that happens because I 
in terms of the vocabulary of tap dance, I do that so often. So what you're saying is you're <laughs> stronger than LeBron James. <laughs> no, wish. That, that's what I took from this. Wish. My ankles are. If we can get that cut as a promo for this. Gerard's saying he's stronger. <laughs> my ankles are stronger and flexible. If he had my ankles, he would never have an ankle injury. That's the crazy thing about it. Um, but Kobe Bryant, you know, said, you know, that he, he actually was taking tap dance lessons wow. with Debbie Allen and some of her assistants, um, Kathy Nicholas, um, after he had a major ankle injury. And he said once he started to do that, he felt a difference in the strength in his ankles. Really? Yeah. But, you know, at the time, I, you know, I think he, he was like, I'm not going to tell anybody because I don't want to give everybody anybody this advantage. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how competitive he was. Yeah. But I'm like here to tell people, I'm like, oh, look, you know, the, the urban legend of football players taking ballet class to become lighter on their feet and stuff like that. 100% smart thing to do. You take a tap class, it gives you the same type of, you know, resistance to injury and the same type of lightness and footwork it's like that, speed. that boxing champion where... I think for six years, his father made him take dance lessons before he got back in the ring. That makes, makes so much sense. Makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's, it's all about footwork. That's literally why, like, my legs are, I mean, there's, there's, I feel it, too. Like, you know what I mean? If I practice, you know, for 30 minutes or, you know, we do the show, I do the mm -hmm. solo, and, you know, I just, like, my legs feel like pistons. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like they're just, like, they feel like rods of, like, steel. So, so I've never had any problems with What time legs, do you get to the like theater? Because you're on the board oh, warming up. Yeah, you know, two minutes after half. <laughs> oh, do you get there late, too? Yeah. <laughs> so where, you just go to the side to kind of get your feet moving? Yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. you sometimes above me. We go, oh, yeah, no, like, yeah, before show, yeah, yeah. I'll be trying stuff out. Um, like, before you go downstairs, <laughs> yeah, I try every now out. and then, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. I'm going to try that move tonight. Yeah, I, I could, like, there's that moment in my, in my solo where, like, I get to do whatever I want. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm always like, I'm going to just try to create something that I've never done before. I love it too, because yeah. I can hear it over the tannoy and I'm like, oh, that's different. <laughs> yeah. That's a different beat. So I'll get there like half hour and then, you know, throw on the gear and then go down either to the alley when it's warm or yeah. we go down to the basement. And, um, you know, we just, we just rock for like 15, 20 minutes and then I'll, something from that session, I'll try to take out on stage. Lovely. I so, love you that. know I mean? It's just one of those. One and of those I do things. like you. We're similar in a sense where... I don't like waiting around. I don't like being the wings long. I like to bring the energy of like, Walking almost like if you're almost like, oh shit, am I going to be late? And it's not to be late. It's not to mess around, but you, it's just this energy. It's adrenaline. You, you come and disturb the air. It's adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. I hate wait. I'm not patient at all. Like I'm not like. No. I and then I don't want to overthink the scene. I want to, all I need to do is my first step. The yeah. rest, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like what I said about traveling. Like I'm not, I'm not patient enough. Right. You know what I mean? I might be too lazy to like travel. I wish I could like teleport. It's kind of like that. Like I'm ready to yeah, walk through the door and walk right on stage. You know what I'm saying? I want to take the energy of the city, the energy of my thoughts, you yeah. know, because your brain is probably a lot like, you know, mine as well in terms of what's always thinking of things. Yeah. It's always innovating. It's always yeah. creating. It's always, you know, unsatisfied with what it was thinking about three minutes ago or two seconds ago. So it's always generating new thoughts, new possibilities. It's always evolving. And it's like, sometimes when you can't feed that fix, you know what I mean? Like it just, you waste a bit of creativity or you might forget about it. So to me, the yeah. best way to kind of keep that generating is as soon as you have that thought Go. to be able to act on it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Ask for forgiveness why. after if it doesn't work, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, if you fall in the pit, you fall in the audience, that's cool. At least you tried it though. And you'll you fall be, on your own sword. Exactly. You'll be way worse off if you didn't try it, if you didn't get your 100%. chance to like fail. So I'm just I like, agree. you got to act on that. And sometimes waiting like, ah, it prevents you from acting on it. So it's like, I agree. Ah. man. So then as an artist, it's also important to quieten, uh, quieten your mind. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Do you I, ever? Nah, nonstop, man. Non when you get home, you're watching TV, you're non watching a game. Watching a game, the game, you know, even when I get a massage, I get a massage two-hour massage every Sunday yeah. after the show. Is that a full body or is that more about full, your feet? Well, I'll get a separate foot massage just to, you know, just to take care. On that day or later up. in the week? Uh, Monday, usually, I get the foot massage. How but long is Sunday, that? Sunday, hour, hour and a half. Just 40, on your feet? 45 minutes on each foot. Are yeah. you ticklish? Deep tissue. No, no, I'm not ticklish. <laughs> I'm not ticklish. <laughs> My feet are just numb just from pounding. Non so they so you go, do you know the people you go to? Yeah, yeah. I go to the same, same, same folks person. every time. But, um... But like people are like, you don't go to sleep during your massage? I'm like, no, I don't go to sleep during the massage because then I won't feel the massage. <laughs> See, that's it. I, <laughs> I, I can book a 90-minute massage, 10 minutes, I'm out. Yeah. They could have left the room and yeah, come back a minute and say, like we're done now. <laughs> Watching something. <laughs> like this. <laughs> and as soon as you wake up, you know what I mean? But yeah, me, <laughs> it's, it's so like, true. I got to feel that joint. I get the deep tissue too. So um, so like I have the game. Like I'll watch the game. You know, you put your head in the, the little circle. Yeah. I put the, like a little stand under it and I'll like watch the game right How there. How is it there's always a game on for Man, you? It's, it's 
There's it's, not that many games. Is, but every man. time I see you, you're watching a game. It's I'm like, always surely there's an off season. <laughs> it's always a game. And in the off season, it's all like the, the talk about trades and everything like that. So, so you're watching that stuff. I'm watching that, man. I'm a big basketball fanatic. So, um, but then, you know, I, I learned so much from that. Like to me, basketball is an art. You know what I mean? Yeah. The plays, the, the you know, they're they're like dancers. You know what I mean? The way they you know use their bodies and the way they um, take that athletic approach to uh, athletic approach to the game. You think about it, the greatest basketball players are like the most graceful, elegant, mm -hmm. articulate with, you know, physically, you know, Michael Jordan, these days, John Morant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, you know what I mean? These guys are different physical specimens, all completely different. But the one thing that they have in common, the one advantage that they have over, you know, um, other players is that kind of grace and that, that the evolution of how to um, use their bodies in a way that maybe another player doesn't know how to. Um, same thing with tap dance, like tap dance, like I can do crazy stuff, not just because my feet can do it, but I know how to put my body in the best position to be able to make eight sounds before I come down to the floor or to, you know, maybe do something that somebody thought was impossible. It's not just my feet. It's like, all right, well, you know, I know how to hang in the air. I know how to fly for a couple seconds. You know what I'm saying? Or I know, you know, because of, you know, jumping and trying to stay up long enough to be able to, you know, get around the trees to get a layup, you know what I mean? I know how to like kind of hunch my body or lift my frame right. and to suspend, you know, time for a little bit. Um, that's where kind of basketball has kind of given me so many advantages with um, with tap dance, with performing in general. Um, even with acting too, I can draw on a, a whole bunch of different things for, you know, beats and rhythm and stuff like that when it comes to basketball tap, like all that crazy stuff. It's all the same thing to me now. And that's what I was always trying to get to when I made that shift in my mind of trying to be my own version of, you know, my idols. It's like, how can I make it something different? You know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, all right, I'm not gonna separate any of them. I'll make it all the same thing. When I'm playing, when I'm hooping with the fellas, I feel like I'm dancing. Or I feel like I'm doing a scene with you. Or I feel like I'm singing. You know what I mean? When I'm on stage with you guys, I feel like I'm hooping. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like like it's all the same to me and it's like it's like a super instrument. So you when you, I mean? you can make sound any way you want, you know? When you're out playing now, like you, you play regularly? I, you know what? <clears throat> you know, I was, and I did scare the producers. <laughs> Well, that's when what I was going to ask you. When I told them I was playing, because I was playing like in between shows on Saturdays. Yeah. Like I would like do the matinee and I would go run and get like, get like a couple games in and then come back and be super pumped. Like I was just hyped. The adrenaline was there. Um, and not that I would do anything for anybody, you know. Yeah, but like you said, your injuries but, weren't because of you. It's someone else coming down on yeah, you. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I think it was a blessing in disguise too, because the gym that, you know, me and the guys used to always meet up at, it kept getting rented out at the times that we needed to play. So right. the so run kind of stopped, but if it was still going, I'd still be playing two times. But you got to live your week. life too. Ah, it's my, it's my joy. It's not like I can look down on here. I'm doing a wrestling musical alongside. <laughs> super cool though. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, because it's your joy too, man. If it's something you're passionate about, it makes you happy. And you it only made in. my work in Funny Girl re-inspired or just kept the juices flowing. Yeah, because yeah. That's how we work. And like our minds, I don't know, listening to you, I'm like, I can relate to a lot of that. Because I always wonder sometimes, are we ever happy just when's enough enough? But it's not about that because we're trying to evolve. Yeah, it's the constant pursuit. It's the constant yeah. pursuit. Steady moving like a shark, man. Steady moving. It's got like to be going forward, man. You, yesterday is not enough. No. <laughs> yesterday will never be enough. And I'm grateful that? for yesterday. Yeah. But it helps you but get to... Yesterday's done. Yeah. What are you going to use from yesterday to get to tomorrow? That's kind of like, you know... That's my mentality. So it's like, you know, basketball, like if I can next week, if they're like, yo, we, we got the gym. I'm like, I'm there. I'm not thinking about what anybody says. I'm not thinking about my ankles. I'm not thinking about my well-being. I'm thinking about trying to get a win. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I'm trying to go win as many games as I can. <laughs> look, any injuries I've had, I've never been in the gym, never in, was in the wrestling ring. Yeah. It's actually Nicky Arnstein's <laughs> kicking my ass, man. <laughs> or it could be just like a mishap, which I'm yeah. like, well, that's life. It's, yeah, that would happen even if you were not in a show. Correct. Like that was bound to happen. That was bound to be a challenge or something that you know the universe was trying to make you work you with. You can't live whatever. life trying not to get hurt or trying not to die. You yeah. got to live life because you want to live. I mean, that's you know that I, I feel like a lot of people where I grew up, you know, in North Carolina, that kind of because I I kind of started to follow into that approach too until I left the nest and you know got to New York. Um, it's like, you know, you, everything is so planned out. You got your family, you got your career, you got your house, and you, you, you pretty much just kind of do what everybody's doing. Um, 
And I was, a part of me was going to do that. But then I was like, all right, I just got to go for it. Mm. I got to go for it. You know what I mean? Cause I could have easily went to go to college to play basketball and, and went back to high point, North Carolina, where I'm from. And, you know, kind of just lived out my days there and, you know, built a family and built, you know, built a dance school or something like that yeah. or some sort of career um, there and just kind of, boom, yep, I'm going to just do what I know or do what I've known since I was six, you know, when I moved there. But I was, you know, I had that itch. I was like, I got to go, you know, I got to, I got to try something. I got to yeah. do something dangerous. Get to New York, you know what I mean? Battle the the the, the crazy wars of the city, go on the subway, mm-hmm. start dancing. You know what I mean? Get out of the subway get to B.B. King, start doing big concerts at B.B. King's, start doing big concerts and shows and hosting at, you know, Highline Ballroom, start to make a little bit of a, a name for yourself and gaining momentum, you know, with the theater community and just the inter- entertainment community in general from what you've been doing in the subways. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. translated that to the stage and the concert venues in New York City. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start meeting people and then that translates to, hey, do you act? Yeah. Do you sing? Yeah, 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 dude. Then all of a sudden you're doing regional theater and then all of a sudden you're doing TV and film and all of a sudden, you know, you're playing Eddie it's just like that stuff wouldn't happen if I was, you know, satisfied with yesterday. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? So or I'd true. still be in the subway, you know, rocking right now. Or I'd still be, you know, in North Carolina, you know, coaching, you know, you know, a, a youth basketball team <laughs> because, you know, I love basketball like that. No, you got to put it to the test. Everything you're passionate about, everything you take chances on, you got to put it to the test. So your band that I've seen online. <laughs> Do you, are you going to spark that up soon again? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, last thing we did, um, we did a big concert in Mexico. Um, uh, but uh, right now we're working on a, a couple of different, two different projects. Um, and we're trying to get the rights properties to that stuff. Right. To be able to, you know, hopefully use my band for that particular material. Um, that's and that, tough. And you sing that's in tough. that and you, you'll tap? Yeah, you're like, man. You cur- you'll curate the set list that you feel yeah, tells the, the story? Yeah, the projects that I'm talking about are more like, you know, in the musical theater space. But I want to not feel like, you know, they're, they're kind of meta. So, you know, my band and what we do kind of works for it in a certain way. Um, hopefully a press release will be coming out in a couple months. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh, on both of those fronts. But, um, but when I get with my band, like, yo, straight up hour and a half, maybe two hours, nonstop. Come up with our set list. You know, I mean, what, what are we doing tonight? I could do, you know, favorite things. I could do some Sammy tunes. I could do some Rat Pack tunes. You know, what are we doing? And we flip the song. So we'll rehearse for like an hour. Or not an hour. We'll rehearse like day of the show. Yeah. Um, and figure out what venue we're rocking at. And then we'll base it off of that. You know, whether it's a holiday show or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll take tunes and I'll flip them. So, you know, it might not be what you... We could do supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah. And put a whole different spin on it. Because these... My, my musicians and um, how are you interpreting songs with your feet or oh, uh, everything, anything everything everything you man. have a board down or you have a mic yeah so if it's on stage we have the stage mic'd up I'll sing the song you know as a, a normal jazz band would do you know you have the the song you have the chorus and then you go into the solos and stuff like that so um you know I'll, I'll sing somebody will take a solo I'll take a solo, come back to the song. Solo with the feet. song might get stretched. You know, once you start the song, it could go in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. So I might be on supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I might be on that tune for eight minutes. You know what I mean? And it might sound right. like six or seven different songs before we come back to right. supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. You know, it might sound like singing in the rain at one point. It might sound like my funny Valentine at a certain point. It might sound like favorite things at a certain point. You know what I mean? It might go into an Afro-Cuban, you know, feel at a certain point. And it'll always come back to undelililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililil
usually by the end of the show, I still got so much more left that I'm usually over. <laughs> Yo, right, the next, yeah. the next, the next band is Jay. We gotta get you off stage. Jay, you over? You thirty minutes over? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I got two songs still, bro. I'm like, yeah, I still got more. Minutes. So I'm like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's. I started when you know when I, I saw Greg do that too. Greg had his band. They did it differently. You know what I mean? Um, but that's where you took the blueprint and made it your own. Yeah, Sammy did it too with like Buddy Rich, you know, back in the day, or the Rat Pack would do it. They had a band. They were a little bit more sophisticated with it. But I was like, I right, wish my version up. I'm like, man, I go out on stage with the tank top, you know, with the Poland, the gallon of water, Poland Springs, my book bag, tap shoes in the book bag. You know what I mean? Maybe I have two, three different pairs of tap shoes because they sound different on the stage or whatever mm. like that. Mic it up, make sure the EQ, my lighting guy, I'm just like, yo, follow me or just do some cool stuff during the show. I don't <laughs> care what you do. This mood is blue. This mood is purple. This mood is right. orange. So just fly. Let's, everything is impromptu let's flicker just, it now and then let's create yeah give me a strobe if you feel like this is a strobe <laughs> moment um but it's like you know the audience really feels like they're a part of something that's living and breathing and growing and you know they feel like they're a part of you know um the journey with me oh man what they rehearsed this morning that's the only rehearsal they had <laughs> mm. that's the only rehearsal they had oh he's wait a minute he didn't he brought somebody on stage. Yeah, my brother, like, you've you been rehearsing that. since six. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why you're yeah. all that work, all that determination, all that forward movement like a shark. Yeah, man. It's music. I built music. you for today. And yeah. what you do today is building you for tomorrow. Yeah, man. It's all music at the end of the day, man. It's just, it's just how you want to play it. It's what you want to do with the tune. You know what I mean? You can make a tune sound of infinite amount of ways. Like I was just saying with that the Mary Poppins tune, it's just like, you know, that's one of my favorite things is to take a piece of music or something that you feel like you know so well and for me to bring some things to it that you just you may have never even thought about you know what I'm saying like can I bring your favorite what is your favorite tune okay can I take that tune and can I you know really change the way you think about that mm. for the better or in an inspiring way or in a great way you know what I mean same thing with a scene um, same thing with the solo, tap solo on a show. Maybe the same thing with, you know, how I choreograph something. Um, you know, how can we change and grow together in that particular moment? You know what I mean? Right. So, um, uh, like I was saying a little bit earlier, that was one of the shifts that I made as well, too, when I started to gain a little traction in New York. I was just like, all right, well, I need to stop making things about me. And I want to start to make stuff about, you know, giving to the people outside of me a little bit more and see what I can get of that. Because, you know, Such I wanted as. to be the best. I was like, I, for the longest time since I was a little kid, I was like, I want to be better than my mom. I want to beat my dad in the driveway in basketball. Like, I was just like, I wanted to beat everybody. I wanted, I just wanted to be the best at everything. Even if it was like Connect Four. <laughs> I mean, my pops, like he might beat me 20 times. I was like, I would not stop until I beat him 100 to feel good about the 20 times that he beat me. Right. Same thing with ping pong. I would not let him go to sleep till I got one win. My dad was in Vietnam. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know, Vietnam, you're 18 years old. Like, you know, you know how to play ping pong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was like, that's how you pass the time, you know, when you were in Vietnam. It's just like, you either thought you were going to die the next day or you, you were trying to get to some type of joy. So he was playing ping pong. My dad is literally like a pro. So it took me years to beat him. I would not go to bed every night until I beat him at least once. Wow. I'm talking about he might rack me like 50 games. And in the beginning, he was probably letting me win that one time just so he can go to bed. But then I started to get him, though. I started to beat him every now and then, and I got, you know. You know just, when you beat him for real because he's like, okay, one more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, go cut the grass. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't win. I, it's you know, three in the morning. My arm Don't hurt. You talk back. My arm hurt. That's what it was. <laughs> you know I got this, this thing in my shoulder. Uh, so it's, you know, and, uh, you know, I always wanted to be the best. And, I, you know, I was like, well, maybe I need to change my approach a little bit um, uh, and see if I can open up a few more doors for me with, you know, what I think my blessings are, what my gifts are. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should, you know, just try to start giving. You know what I mean? Not that I was taken before, but I was just like, I was so like, to I need to do this. I need to do this. I need this. I need that. But I was like, man, what about what that person needs? How can I, how can I get to that? Or how can I change their song or the perspective of their favorite song right. or their favorite scene I or their favorite character saying. like you know with every, so that's Eddie what Ryan you being black now you know what I mean how can I change your perspective of what Eddie Ryan was to you before you know right. I had an opportunity to do that like how can how can we go somewhere together how can I give yeah. you something that you haven't I been given before and then I felt that like man I changed that mentality and I, I made it about giving then I was getting you know I was getting so much more yeah, then I was when there it was about for me. When we're, I was there like, to, <laughs> we're there to serve the story of Funny Girl for the audience. Yeah. Because that's what they're there for. Otherwise, 
If they weren't there, we're not going to be there. And it's the same thing with like a solo. It's the same thing like you hear me upstairs before I come down. You might hear me pounding on the floor. It's like, man, I, I got to I gotta give them this particular idea because I just came up with it. So I feel like yeah, they're a part. Yeah. We'll all be a part of it together if I can pull it off. I get what you you're saying. saying. Yeah, it's like 100%. give, give. If I can give you everything that I've got, then I'm going to get more out of, you know, this lifetime than I would if I'm trying to, you know, if I'm just trying, trying to make you think that I'm good or great yeah. or talented or that, yes. that I'm the best. Or if I just want to get a W yeah. off of you, you it's know what I'm saying? not about that. How can we win together? I love that feeling when you're in the long run. You know, sometimes it's like, how do you do that every day? I'm like, well, you do, you do what you do every day. <laughs> yeah. But with me, our thing is like, you go to a museum, you see something, a film, or you hear something, and I'm like, I'm going to use that tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to use that tonight. And yeah. if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But this is what keeps the year special because I'm like, tonight is this. It. You went for it. Yeah. And you went for it. Like, I, man, I, I, one of my biggest fears is, is not acting on an impulse. That's one of my biggest mm. fears in life, man. Like, That's why I love it. Sometimes you do something, and I don't know what your peers are like, but then, you know, some of mine, they'll rip me for what I just did. Yeah. But I'm like... If they didn't understand it, that means I've done something different. Yeah. And I'm like... But you did it. And it could be amazing, actually, that they just don't understand. But you did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I've seen like I've seen so many people kind of operate in that way where they they act against their instincts or they, they don't go with their impulse because they're hesitant of what the outcome will be. You know what I mean? And I always compare it to like the red button. As I'm like, all right, if I see a red button, I'm going to push it. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just... You know what I mean? Like, but that's kind of like the 90-10 rule. Like... 90% of the people of the world are not going to push that button, but mm -hmm. the 10% are going to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, if I see a red button, I'm pushing it. I don't care what it's about, I'm going to push it. You know what I mean? Or else I'm just always going to wonder. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like that giving, not that that has anything to do with giving, but it's also the impulse. It's the instinct. It's the not, uh, not working against swimming forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, it's, it's always seeking to breathe always seeking to use the oxygen you know around you you can't waste it you know what i mean you only get one life so that's kind of like you know if you can use that oxygen to help somebody else breathe you know what i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> then like to me you're getting the utmost out of life and it's funny because uh i was watching something and uh i was watching a podcast i was actually watching a podcast of a basketball player that i used to um really like and he quoted einstein and he was saying um I didn't know Einstein said this. You know, I was just like, Einstein equals MC squared, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Like, and he was like, yo, Einstein said that if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others. And I was just like, come on. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I, we've all heard a version of that. Yeah, it's very. You know what I mean? uh, but like, I was just like, oh, man, that is so spot on. Like, you know, with, you know, my morals and kind of where my headspace has been over the past like two decades, I would say. And that's when everything started to really change for me. I started to, all the doors that I was trying to get people to open up for me, um, trying in a way of saying, I deserve to be in here, instead of saying I deserve to be in here, you know, I started knocking on those doors and being like, I got something to offer you if, you, if you're willing to, you know, if you're willing to, you know, receive it or if you're willing to be mm -hmm. open to seeing what this perspective is. Um, but I wasn't like, ha! Hey, I should be in here. You know what I mean? It was just like a humble, hey, look, something going on over here. You want to be down? I got something to offer. I'd love to have you. You know what I mean? And it was, doors just started opening up. They just started opening up like crazy. And I was Use like, yourself hmm. in the service of others. That is brilliant. Because it is ultimately about Einstein. trying to be selfless, right? Because yeah. we're not there to serve our egos. We're not, we're there to, hey, man, like you said, they've asked us to come and give something. Yeah. They're receiving it. So let me give it. Yeah. Yeah. For you for you for the audience for the show oh the man piece. it cha it, cha it changes a lot of things man and I, I think that um the more we can kind of you know put that energy out in the world like you know i feel like a lot of people who take up entertainment if they know or if they can understand that you know when they make the decision to devote their lives to it i feel like a lot of a lot more people will be successful <laughs> you know what i'm saying a lot more people will be successful because i feel like we're taught from the get-go to you know you have to be the best that's the way the the world and the industry kind of like conditions mm -hmm. you. Um, but you can be the best in a giving way. You know yeah. what I mean? You can be the best at giving, you know, when it comes to the things that you have to offer. And that's just as good as, you know, beat my dad in ping pong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just as good as that. You know what I mean? So, um, brother, you know. I could talk to you for ages and I'm, you're in someone else. I would hope that you would love to come back. Yeah, because man. 
I'm right up the street. Tell you what, after <laughs> talking like this, I've definitely involved. <laughs> I've definitely involved this too, has been my a guy. Great. This hour has gone by so quick. Oh, thanks, man. I'm just I'm having fun. It's the first time we probably since we've been threatening since to hang out for so long. Like, <laughs> you know, open jar. This is the first time we sat down and like actually got to. Yeah. That's how fast this year has gone, though, man. Yeah, man. It's been it's been a wild one. It's been a wild. But here's one. the problem: we keep talking about having a beer together, but both of us just want to go home to bed. Man. So how are we going to do this? We might have a Zoom beer. We <laughs> might we might take it back to the pandemic to have a Zoom beer. All right, over some foot massages. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know we got to go to a game. All right. Well, I mean, the season, the way the schedule is, game would have to be on Monday. Yeah. So if there's a playoff game on Monday, I'll do the then anthem. We can go and do the bid in. We can put the bid in. All right. And make the phone calls. If we go to a game together. We're going to have a beer at the game. <laughs> for sure. I love you, brother. Love you too, my guy. Thanks for doing we this. We did it. We did it. Oh. Jared Grimes. Finally. Karen Lou in the building. How amazing is he? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.